Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, guess what? We're going to try something new. Can not you believe here. that we would? Not at Shine. I know something you can't new? believe that we would no. do something like that. But uh, DJ and I um, got with the teaching team, and we just felt like this week um, we wanted to um, just kind of tag team and kind of facilitate um, the the discussion with with everybody in here. Um, if you are new to the church, um, we have felt led to, by the Lord to kind of lean into the equipping and training that Ephesians talks about, and. Um, in particular, with such a great conversation last week on Romans chapter 14, uh, we felt like uh, for this week, we'll just do a quick little review. Um, we did both prepare a little something that we'll share in the midst of the whole thing, um, but we want to kind of just jump right into the interaction part. So uh, on the count of three, I just need you to say, I am ready. One, two, three. I am ready. All right. You guys are ready. I, I love it. Um, just a quick reminder. Last week, we uh, DJ did an incredible job of facilitating a discussion on Romans chapter 14. And uh, I don't know about for you, but the service time went by like that. Um, it just, I, I could not believe that an hour and a half had gone past so fast. And that DJ, would, we do want to try to honor, um, obviously, your time. But uh, probably the most important thing is our, is our kids' pastors and our nursery workers. Uh, we want them to keep wanting to serve our kids. <laughs> um, and so there is, you know, there's a window somewhere in there, and, and we don't want to cross that line too If too they often. stage a walkout, then all of a sudden our services get really short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or very interactive. <laughs> oh, yes, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he did just a great job of facilitating the conversation. And here's, here's a couple things that made my heart just so filled with joy, and, and uh, one, one of those things was how many of you actually grabbed the microphone and you said something to the effect of this, when I read this this week, God was showing me this, and I just want to say thank you for participating, jumping in, and actually um, receiving the text and then going to your word and reading it. If you are not getting the text, go to shinechurch.live slash connect and fill out that information, and then we will start including you on that text. And again, it's just a one, it, it's not, we're not obnoxious with it. We just send you one quick little text and you can read it at any time uh, during the week after we send that to you. So um, we're about to jump in, but I know DJ, uh, there's something else that we're going to try new uh, today that DJ is going to explain. So uh, we are super excited about the interaction happening in the room. Are you guys feeling like God's speaking to you through that? Just what God is showing others as they as they listen to the Holy Spirit and read and so forth. And so we just uh, have been brainstorming as to how to, to provide opportunities and on-ramps uh, for that to even increase. And so what we want to do is uh, if you are already one of the ones that is willing to raise your hand, grab the microphone, share, you know, what God is showing you, keep doing that. This is just talk amongst yourselves right now. This is not for you. I want to talk to that 10, 15, 20% of you who might be like, I just can't imagine myself ever doing that, at least in the next, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. Um, we wanted to provide a text to interact number. And so that's just an on-ramp. Again, we're not trying to replace we, we pray and hope, please, continue to share verbally those of you that, that are doing that. And, and if you, the Lord gives you kind of that, that courage to do that. But just as a possible on-ramp, as a possible stepping stone, um, we want to provide this phone number. So you might want to save that to your contacts uh, as Shine Interactive or whatever you want to save it to. It's your contact list. I don't know. 
Just, you know, pick something that makes sense to you. But that's the number, and it comes to this screen. I want to apologize in advance because we might not obviously be able to get to every single comment in real time and so forth. And so, uh, but we'll keep these in front of us, and as we're interacting, try to mix those into the conversation uh, as well. So uh, just hopefully that's a blessing to you as we uh, head into this discussion time. Uh, just a reminder, uh, the rules of engagement, which they'll periodically throw up on the screen uh, as we go through this. Uh, we, we need to be people that listen well. Um, ask good questions. If somebody says something that you uh, maybe don't agree with, don't don't oppose them just outright. Maybe ask them a question. I mean, it's just a good way to keep the, the, the walls of defense down. Speak for yourself, um, not for any of any other person, but speak for yourself. And, uh, and remember, I, we're doing this as a family to grow together. Um, and just real quick, how many of you are perfect? Okay, good. None of us are perfect in here. I have a few husbands pointing at their wives, which is good. Well done. Um, but um, just just so that you know, I, there may be something that's said, and, and, and maybe it, it kind of rubs you wrong. Be quick not to take offense. I mean, believe the best in other people, and maybe we'll even get into that a little bit. Um, I'm going to read. I'm going to pray here in just a minute. I'm going to read Romans 14 once again from the NIV version, um, and... Here's what I'm going to ask of you. Um, first off, you can follow along on the Bible app, the Version Bible app. There's three little lines on the bottom right. Click on it, hit events, and you can find Shine Church. I was made aware that um, at 11.30, it goes away. So if you scroll up, you scroll to the bottom, you can click save, and that'll actually save the notes, and we will make an adjustment and expand the time uh, for weeks coming in the future. Um, but that was, thank you for making me aware of that today, the, the couple that did. Uh, but you can follow along that way. <clears throat> the question that we're going to ask today, and it's had a lot of, um, just in the weeks that we've been doing this, it has had and spurred a lot of the great conversation that we've had. And here's the question. How does this section of Scripture point to Jesus Christ? How does this section of Scripture point to Jesus Christ? And so be thinking about that as I read through this. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And we thank you for the word of God that is alive and active. And now, Lord, we pray that as we read through this, that you would prompt um, everybody in this room with something that you have for them. The amazing thing about who you are, Lord, is we can read through a section of scripture and you can speak different things to every single one of us using the same words. It's truly amazing. And we are so grateful for that. And now, Lord, I pray that you would give us a confidence and a boldness to be willing to share what you prompt mm. to us. Mm -hmm. And, Lord, um, I know that if someone will be bold to grab the mic and share uh, what you're showing them, that other people in this room, maybe people watching online, will benefit from them sharing. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would help us to grow and to mature and become more like you through this discussion that we have today. And Lord, we pray these things in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Romans 14. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. 
and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourselves and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. All right. So the question is, how does this point to Jesus? And uh, I just quickly want to give one more disclaimer. Um, I'm starting to get uh, several comments from some of you that have shared that um, the statement goes something like this. Oh, I think I'm grabbing the mic too much, um, and I'm going to just start listening, and I'm not going to speak forth. Uh, And I just want to say this. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to speak, please share. Um, I will make this promise to you. If If we feel like you're speaking too much, we will gently come to you alone and just say, hey, um, you know, this is this is taking place and this is, you know, can you give other people? But in all of the time that we've done this, there has been no one that has abused this. And you guys have been absolutely incredible and great. And so don't let the enemy talk you out of sharing because you feel like you've shared too much, if that makes sense. Second thing, if the Holy Spirit prompts you and and you are. Um, you know, you, you have that prompting. They're like, "Oh, I should lay, raise my hand." I just want to encourage you: stretch yourself. This is this is where we get equipped and trained. Uh, we were, I had a men's breakfast yesterday, and and we were talking about being bold in the Lord. And I asked my table, I said, "What keeps us from being bold?" And one of the the gentlemen said simply this: "A lack of confidence." 
And it's so true, isn't it? If you have confidence in something, um, you don't mind or won't hesitate to tell anyone anything that you're confident in. It's when you have a lack of confidence in that, right? Well, where are we going to get confident in the Lord if we don't do it right here with the family, right? And so just want to encourage you, if the Holy Spirit prompts you, and, um, I, and I know you're one of those people that would rather die than grab the microphone and speak in front of people, hey, I totally understand that, um, but I just want to encourage you, stretch yourself and do that. And then if you still can't do that, text the number, all right? We've provided a way for, for you to do that. Uh, but let's jump in. All right, we've got my wife and Wes with the microphones. Just need you to raise your hand and let, and let me know that you have a prompting in regards to this question. But how does Romans 14, how does it point to Jesus Christ? I'm uh, sorry. My name's Elena. I almost forgot the role. <laughs> um, I just want to make a quick comment before I share. Um, I... Uh, I can't remember exactly when we started this. I th it's at least been a year, I think. Right, DJ? I don't know. For like overall interaction? <laughs> Over, yeah. Um, but when I first started sharing, I um, have really bad anxiety. Um, and so I would be shaking and like my hands would be sweating and like I'd be really nervous. And so um, I just want to say I love that we do this because it's given me the confidence to share. And a year ago, I would have, it would have taken me 20 minutes to convince myself even to raise my hand. And now I'm the first one to raise my hand. And so yeah. I'm just and like, look at her holding her coffee and it's not I know. Yeah. like double. Look how good I am. I can do this and drink coffee. <laughs> anyway, so I just wanted to say that. <laughs> um, my phone just locked and now I can't hold on. And while you're getting ready to share, I just want to say, I'm going to to embarrass you for a second. Oh, no. <laughs> the Lord has used that to the point where you actually shared in youth group, if I, my understanding oh. is correctly, and your testimony was a big blessing to a ton of people. Thank so you. just know that, again, that work of growing confidence that the Lord is, is doing and has done in you is having huge, huge ramifications. So thank you for cooperating. You know, it takes, the Holy Spirit will invite us, but he won't push us or force us into anything, and, and you've said yes to that process of maturing and growing, and we're all benefiting from it. So thank, thank you. Thank you, TJ. <laughs> um, uh, okay, where? Hold on, I lost my place. Where is it? Um, I now I can't find it. Darn! I was I wanted to read the line, but um, I'll just go off of memory. It. I love how I um, I love how Jesus is so. Um, so gracious with reminding about what he expects of us and how what he expects on how we treat each other, not only how he treats us, but how we treat each other in no matter what walk of life we are. I love that he is so like, um, he is such a loving like father figure and also a friend like my, in how like he melts them t together so well. Like he reminds us to follow the rules in a very like, friend way but he also has the authority of the father that does and so i like how he melts them together and i wish i found the line but i can't find it um but yeah i just when i was reading that i love how he um he gives the multiple examples on he like calls us out on it like why why treat oh here it is why do you judge or your brother or sister or why do you treat them with contempt and then he goes into what he expects of us. I just, I just really love how he does that. It's really good. It's I good. love that. Thank you. He's not on only our Lord, but and 
and God, but he's a father mm. and a loving, caring father. I love that. Somebody else, how does this point to Jesus? I think verse uh, 9 kind of hits it. For to this end, Christ died hmm. and lived again. If that doesn't point to Jesus, and, and the question is, what is the end? So I think he had probably a good discussion on that hmm. last week, but it's uh, his end is to grow us up and to point out our flesh or our sins. And this example in all the 14 talks about how we judge and how pride can creep in there and and uh, legalism because they were really talking to the divisions in the church with regard to new the Jews that became Christians and they were under a legalistic trap mm -hmm. and Gentiles they were a little more on the liberal side yeah. <laughs> and there's some be some error there too so a little loosey-goosey on one end and strict on the other so uh, it really uh, those are theological terms you may want to write down loosey goosey <laughs> and uh, tight tight pants <laughs> yeah it's so it's really pointing to Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and and whether he is lord of your life or not and if he is in all areas which he isn't as we grow up he becomes more so then we'll stop laying down legalistic mindsets judgmentalism and pride is rooted in all of that so Good. And Tom, when you're uh, sharing that, it's making me think of, I think it's in Ephesians where it talks about, because you said, for this very reason Christ died. And I think it says in Ephesians that for he came to make one new humanity out of the two, right? The two, the two primary kind of groups in that day was the, the Gentile believers, the nations that were coming in straight into the gospel. And then you've got the Jewish people that have kind of had a relationship with God for thousands of years and kind of been on the inside track. And you almost have kind of the older brother, younger brother, prodigal son story, you know, of the one that had kind of been doing things more or less right, you know, toeing the line, and the ones that have been kind of way out here. And Jesus is like, I want to make one new family and one new humanity, literally one new man out of the two, which probably seemed almost impossible, right? Like playing with nitroglycerin, like don't, don't try this at home. And God's like, watch me. I can do this, and it's probably through these attitudes that you're highlighting, Tom. Um, when I read this, I just think... Sorry, just a reminder, oh. say your name first so that everybody in the room kind of yeah. knows. Sorry. That was Tom, by the way, that just spoke. I'm Andrew. And son. Or, Hi, or, or Drew. Drew. But I do not go can by Andy. Can we call you Andy? So, no, if you're mad at me, you can call me Andy, and then I'll know, but... <laughs> This is my son, who am I, I am well pleased. <laughs> when I read this, like, this is how Jesus lived. Um, he, and it's so cool, because I think my favorite, like, characteristic of Jesus is his trueness, like, how he was able to be fully himself, but also, like, just cut right through whatever was going on with someone to meet them exactly where they're at. Um, and if they were being super judgmental, uh, like a Pharisee or someone just oppressing someone with religion and dogma, he would confront that directly. Um, like Paul is trying to show us how we can think about and, and come against ourselves. Um, and then if someone was a little more loosey-goosey, you know... <laughs> <laughs> to put it in the theological term. <laughs> um, he would come alongside them and show them, hey, like, this isn't how 
we should probably live. And um, let's let's pray about that and see what our convictions are from God. But when I read this, it's like, yeah, I just think Jesus nailed this. Paul is trying to to put into words the complexities of how Jesus lived for mm-hmm. us to be able to do it too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, that's good. Somebody else. Here's what I'm finding with this question in, in regards to this particular section of Scripture. Um, in the other two Scriptures that we did when we said, how does this point to Jesus? Um, it, it just came quickly to people, I noticed. Um, here's why I think this might be a struggle. This section of Scripture, I think we would all agree, brings up many different hot topic issues, even for right now. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit last week of what some of those things could be, and, and we can get into that, and we kind of want to talk about those things. Um, but I would submit to you this, that if we don't know why or how it points to Jesus first, we can get off on our own flesh, and we can have some pretty fleshly discussions here without actually understanding, oh, wait, this points to mm. Jesus this way, and so let's not bring up those hot topic issues. Can I drink, and what, what is my standing on masks and vaccines and all, all the things that we are dealing with today? Uh, how do we do that if we don't first understand what, what and how this points to Jesus? And so it's interesting because even as a teaching team, and I'm going to let Peter here talk in just a second, but one of the things that he said is, I don't know if I've ever read Romans 14 through how does this point to Jesus? And he's like, I'm super excited about reading that and finding out what that means. So now I'm super excited about finding out what he feels like the Lord has told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Peter is my name. Right? That's my name, Peter. Um, and so it was actually four. So verse four is where I got stuck. So um, again, reading this, trying to find Christ. And this is awesome to me because this first part is kind of where I would get stuck, I think, normally. And that's, who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And that's that's how I've always, even like to recite it, like that's kind of what I focus on. Like, who are you to judge? Like, let the master judge. But this is the most epic part that kind of even to Andrew's points almost puts this covering over the entire chapter, and it's insane. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. So it's not just this judgmental master, which even, um, I want to say First John 4 talks about what true love is, and it says, um, for love doesn't have to do with fear, or perfect love has no fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And, and through Christ, who took our punishment, we no longer have to stand before our master, who is the creator of the universe, in fear of judgment, because Christ stands there in front of us and says, no, 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 I took this already. Somebody else. And while we're waiting for that, there's a question that uh, was texted in, and it was this, how do we follow this verse without freeing ourselves or other people to do whatever we want? How do we follow kind of the freedom that's spoken of here in this passage without just like, oh, yay, it's a license to kind of do whatever. Any thoughts? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, did, did you want to say anything? Or you... <laughs> <laughs> I was just groaning. Yeah. Uh, so my name's Justin. Um, a few years back, I worked on a, a rotation. I was my family was in the states, but I would spend a month of time in, in North Africa, and uh, 
for my job, and uh, and I just asked the Lord, uh, this is a huge story here, um, but really, really briefly, um, to just give me a heart for Muslims, and, uh, and, and he did, uh, in a real profound way, but the the, one of the issues that a lot of Muslim people have with our faith is our, our um, the grace is far too cheap. Um, the the uh, uh, the goodness of God comes. Uh, they they just see it as too cheap, and it doesn't cost us anything. And um, and so one of the things I voiced, I, I came last Saturday, and one of the things I voiced last Saturday that I just have a um, have a problem with when I read this. It just seems so. Um, like, God, there's got to be right and wrong, isn't there? Like, for all of us? Um, and you read, you read that, like, verse 22, the faith which you have, have it as your own conviction before God. Um, verse 5, one regards one day above another, another uh, regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. And it's almost like it's just giving us this blank check to, like, you be you. And whatever you believe, that's right for you. And the, you know, Southern Baptist born and bred part of me goes, ugh, that's gross. Like, that's got to be wrong. There's got to be absolute truth. And, um, and then there's those problem verses that Peter just brought up. <laughs> it says, how can you judge another man's servant? Because the, whether he falls or stands, it's his master. And by the way, his master makes him stand. He's right. Um, the verse before it, um, the one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. The one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. It's like it's done already. Um, and so just trying to reconcile those two things, and then you just ask your question. Um, it's like, God, how do I, how do I deal with this? Um, there's got to be an absolute truth. And I think the way we wrestle through this is we lean into it. And when we have... Um, problems with what other people are doing and what other people believe um, that's not where we just sit back cross our arms and say you know condemnation coming your way from me it's it's pushing in and coming to that person and saying hey um, I saw that you did this and I just got to ask you about it because for me that's like way no bueno like I can't do that um, so can you explain to me um, and that's going to do two things one it's going to force them to, like, have a deep belief about what they're doing, and then maybe they're going to say, dang, you're right. Or um, maybe there's a really cool story, and instead of, like, causing a rift where it's like, I'm right and they're clearly wrong, it's, whoa, I never thought of it that way, or I didn't have an experience in my childhood like they did, or, you know, whatever. Um, and I've got a few examples of that, but I'll save it for that. But um, anyways, I'll stop there. That's good. You guys are going to have to come to me in personal and tell me I'm talking too much. I absolutely know that. I'm fully stepping into this. So, um, yeah, I'm d preparing myself. Dude, okay, so you mentioned cheap grace in that at the beginning. And here's one thing that I, I've struggled with my whole life because I, I, I agree. And I grew up very – I have nine siblings. Like, I'm one of ten kids, like, homeschooled my whole life, lived on a huge cattle ranch. Like, you'd never guess it. But, like, my lifestyle – like, my upbringing is, was very, like um, – rule, I mean, rule, my family is the best. My parents are absolute legends. They're amazing. But it was very rule, rule driven. And so, which was great. But 
I've always struggled with this idea of like cheap grace in the same concept. And this came to me probably, and it's like been the biggest part of my relationship with God. And it's cheap grace isn't cheap if you understand what Christ did, what Christ took. Like it's set, the whole the whole Bible sets up this stage. Like sin is so bad, and like the reason it says sin sin is this bad, like the level of sin, the height and depth and deepness, and then how bad sin is, is Jesus said that because when he took it, it was the furthest thing from cheap he could ever do. Yeah. God had to turn his back on the sun. So mm. like that was the most expensive thing uh, that we could ever imagine that paid for the grace. So like that idea of cheap grace countered again with everything's about Jesus. You'll hear me say that throughout my whole life, hopefully. Everything is about Christ. And there is no such thing as cheap grace if you believe what Jesus did was real. Mm. <laughs> okay, so, so this point, and I want, uh, you know, just, just so you know, one of the conversations we had, um, and and I like to try to throw this into equip and train and, and tell you what we're trying to think and how we're thinking about things, but um, we don't want to just comment on everybody's feedback unless the Holy Spirit is leading us to do so. And as Peter was sharing that, I, I just felt very strongly that the Holy Spirit wanted me to address um, somebody in here or maybe somebody online. Um, if you don't believe that God loves you... Um, this is one of the reasons that it makes Christianity different from all the other religions in the world, and that is that we have a creator that loves us so much that he sent his son to pay the price mm. for our sins. Okay. All the religion says, you have to do all these things. Christianity says, no, Christ did this mm. so that we could have right relationship with the Father. Um, yes, um, does it change things in your life? Yeah, it'll change everything in your life, but you don't have to change everything in your life to go to God. He's already provided the way, and then when you just let him come in, it begins to shape. And that's where uh, it doesn't become a cheap grace. Um, it becomes an understanding that somebody actually paid it. It's just that you didn't have to. <laughs> so, good. So, good. so good. I just wanted to, my name's Andrew again. I just wanted to talk on what Justin said a little bit more. Um, it's really cool uh, when you nail this chapter, because what it does is, you know, all the verses that he talks about where you know, be fully convinced in your own mind. And then at the end where it says, uh, the faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. Now, the stipulation there is you went to God with whatever the subject is. And I'm super guilty. There's some things that I believe that I never talk to God about ever. I don't even know why I believe them. <laughs> like, where did they come from? And when someone genuinely asks from a place of, oh, did God, is that how God told you to think about this? It makes me think, it makes me go back to God and actually genuinely ask him. And what Jesus did his whole life, the only thing he did was what his father told him to do. Um, and he inspired and challenged everyone to do the same by his life. And so if we nail this, the only thing that's going to come from it is we are going to challenge each other to go to the father continuously. And we will always be believing the best in each other. 
that you hear from God, and you'll be believing that I hear from God. And if there's an obstacle, we'll help each other eliminate it and, and actually hear a word from God. And we can have differences because I believe that you hear from God. And so if God said something to you that's different than what he said to me, that's okay because I believe that you hear from God. But we need to challenge each other a little bit to make sure. Um, and that's where it gets kind of messy, I think, sometimes. But... Yeah, you all hear from God, and I'm excited to hear how you hear from God and be excited with you and help you follow that 100%. This is my son, whom I am well pleased. <laughs> oh, my gosh, awesome. All right, somebody else. It, no, go ahead, you. Go it's ahead. Tom, me again. <laughs> uh, when we were, you were reading through that passage, uh, uh, words started popping out, Lord, Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, Christ, God. I did a quick count. There's over 20 of those. And there's 23 verses. I think they're making a point, Paul here. And he mostly mentioned the word Lord. So the, that begs another question, who is your Lord? And who's in control and as, as that spoke to me, and I was reflecting on this before I grabbed the mic, is who am I submitted to? Is he master and Lord of my life? Okay, so Tom, as you're saying that, uh, where is it? I think it's verse 8. Okay, verse 8. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Okay, um, everybody wants to belong. I, I don't think, it, anybody not want to belong? Yeah, I, I mean, that's something that's kind of wired into every single one of us. We want to belong. But the second that I tell you, you belong to someone, anybody else have this thing in you where it rises up and like, no, I don't belong to nobody? Yes or no? I, I mean, and, and it's very interesting to me that, um, it, in the middle of this, I've, I think it points to the fact that Jesus is saying, hey, I paid for you. I paid for you. I died. I was mocked, ridiculed, spit upon, cursed, put, pierced. I, I died on a cross for you. Uh, we do belong to Jesus. We belong to our creator. And if that sits funny with you, I want you to really just pray about it. Go to God and ask him. Because when you begin to realize that um, this grace that he's given to us is not cheap, that he paid a, an expensive price for that, then what happens is then you become okay with belonging to him. And then you begin to tend to change your life because of that. Not because of anything that you have to do or change, but because you begin to realize, wow, I have a God that loves me so much that he did this for me. Ed. I just wanted to say, um, verse 11 through 13, it says, For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. And we're talking about it in the verses here. They're using the example of eating meat, not eating meat, etc. Um, but we can carry this forward into issues even in the church today. 
Um, I was talking with my grandson yesterday, and he has friends that struggle with, um, well, they're trying to, to um, convince him of their way, okay, that they think. Uh, women can't be uh, leaders or teachers or preachers in the church. Or you may sit there and say, I don't believe in tongues, or I don't believe in fasting, or some, some other issues that we all deal with in the church. This is saying, I, God is saying, I love you all. You are all going to come to me one day and make an account. Quit fighting with one another. Even in the church, we fight with one another. God loves us all. That's what it's saying. And um, we need to agree on the essentials, and we need to agree that we can disagree on the non-essentials. That's really good. Somebody else? You can answer the question of how does this point to Jesus, or at this point, you can start to answer or speak to anything that somebody has said. It's our 13-minute free-for-all, guys. <laughs> we're in the final 13. While we're waiting, oh, oh yeah. While, while you're getting the mic, um, I'll just share just a, a thought that I had last night about how God can speak to us individually and differently, but um, it, it ultimately is the same heart posture. I was thinking of my, my high school band experience. You know, I played baritone in high school, and there were, you know, I, I learned the rudimentary things of a band, which is that there's woodwinds, there's brass, there's percussion, there's different instruments. And when you think about it, each one has, is, is made and designed differently, and the owner of each instrument or, or the, the, the musician has to treat each instrument differently, right? Like the reeds for the oboe require like a certain kind of like oil to give or whatever. Like, like there's just different things that you do that if you did that to a trumpet, you might actually ruin it and distort the sound. So it could be two very kind of opposite things that are done that each are for the preservation of the instrument and so that it actually produces beautiful music in unity and in concert with one another. And so just kind of a thought, if that helps anybody who thinks in pictures like I do, it helps me understand that maybe the Lord is whispering to you, don't do this thing or treat this area of your life with, with more restriction or with more freedom. And maybe I am hearing something different. It might be because, again, we are playing a different instrument in God's orchestra, but the heart posture of honoring the master, of honoring the Lord, uh, is the same, the, uh, all that. So hopefully Well, and I would just simply say you can't even really make a, a good sound in a band like that if you're not following the conductor. Mm, mm -hmm. Exactly right. Um, so it, it, who the conductor mm. is is super important. Mm, yes. Um, My name is Sandra, and I'm going to comment on the same verse that the gentleman before me had brought up, and it's verse 11. Um, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. And what spoke to me is that we do squabble, and we compare, but you know, we're raised in that society. I mean, did you get an A or a B on your spelling test? And so oftentimes we will judge one another because we're trying to elevate ourselves. And Paul is reminding us that, you know, instead of looking outwardly, look inwardly to the Lord, to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit about whatever these issues are. And remember that you will stand before God and give an account. So if you examine yourself first, you're not going to be so eager to judge that speck in your brother's eye when you've got this huge hanging log sticking out of yours. So he reminds us and points us back.
to Jesus. So that's how I see Jesus in this. I, I, I love, last night somebody commented on this as well, and they said, you know, this is something that Jesus never said about himself. He could have. He had every right to. But he didn't walk around going, hey, you know what? Every, every knee is going to bow to me and every tongue is going to confess to me. Uh, he didn't say that. Other people wrote that about him. And it is true. It is absolutely true. But he led in such a way that he never had to self-proclaim these things. Um, and again, for anybody who has an ear to hear, if you lead people, um, I want to strongly encourage you to lead like Jesus did, which is serve. Um, I read a book about servant leadership, and uh, I still struggle with this today, but uh, one of the comments of the author said this, you know you're going to be doing this right when someone actually treats you like they expect you to serve. Think about that for a second. Because when somebody treats me like they're expecting me to serve them, there's something to me is like, what? Don't you know who I am? I, anybody else? I, I mean, but yet when 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 that... When you've served in such a way that somebody will actually expect that from you and not even ask it of you, but expect it, then you've become a servant leader. Where's, do we have my own? By the way, my text screen is very, very lonely. We've gotten one, one solitary text. We had like eight last night. So, you know, not trying to compare. Speaking of, speaking of comparison, but I mean, you know, if you feel like you want to text me a little message, maybe it's just that you like my vest or something. But it doesn't have to be about Romans 14, though it can be. So my name's Luke, and I'm going to try to get this out. I'm still trying to process it through my own mind. Um, but something that I have seen throughout my entire life with this chapter specifically, but with other ones as well, people tend to take this and be like, since I said all these things, you can't judge me. If I'm doing something that's an actual sin, you can't judge me because I stand before God. I don't stand before you. I don't stand before anyone else. So it's kind of like a question because I would love to hear other people's opinion is, does it mean when it talks about these things that we should not confront someone who's living in sin? Or does it mean we shouldn't be judging them? Because when looking back at what Jesus did, he called people out multiple times. But what did he do? It He did it in love. He never was like, you're going to hell because of this. He's like, go and sin no more. Like, you're living in this go and sin no more. But why is he doing that? Because he loves us so much. He doesn't want us to live in the death that surrounds us. We're in a fallen world. So my question is then, what do we do as Christians? If we're supposed to be trying to be the embodiment of Jesus, how do we do that to other Christians and other people in general? Because like even non-Christians, because obviously in that, in that, I think in that aspect, it's a lot easier for me to talk and live some live in love with somebody who's not a Christian because they don't have they don't know what Christ did for them yet but those who are Christians how do we approach that and I just keep looking over this and again I'm gonna suck at getting this out but I'm gonna try so um, it kind of goes back to the verse that was already brought up um, for we um, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, 
that he might be both Lord of the dead and the living. And then another part of it for me, uh, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not of meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Mm. What is the Holy Ghost? Like he gave that to us to help lead us through life, to convict us of things, to speak to us in that way. But are we allowing God to use us in that manner? Or is that is that something we're even able to do? Are we called to, in love, confront a brother or a sister and be like, hey, like I see you're doing this. And yeah, like really talk to them about what they're dealing with. Is there a way to do that in love or is it always in judgment? Because I, Corinthians talks about um, the fact that we are actually to yep. confront and judge mm-hmm. other believers. I mean, it says outside the world, don't judge them. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians six. And then it says, but inside the church, you are to judge one another. I mean, so it kind of conflicts yeah. this. So I'd love to love to hear some feedback if this stirs up anything. What do you do with somebody that um, that you feel like is sinning? Um, how do you embrace this? in light of even 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Sandra again. Okay, so what came to mind was Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one in spirit, in the spirit of gentleness. So I think judgment for a lot of people is a negative word, but really, if you see somebody that's in sin, it's kind of like they're on the railroad tracks and the train's coming. You go to them out of concern and out of love, and it's an observation. And I think if you change the word to observation, because it, it makes it less offensive to the world. But anyway, you are observing what they're doing, if it's bringing harm or danger to them. And it, out of love, you go to them and you warn them. And if they receive it, that's awesome. And if they don't, then they suffer the consequences. That's good. Okay. Go to them in love. Somebody else? Um, I, I've had a personal experience um, through high school being um, judged for the sin that I was committing through a loving um, loving way and through a very judgmental and very harsh way. And I can say from personal, I didn't think I was getting emotional, sorry. Um, from personal experience, you heal faster and you go to the Lord a lot easier when it is when you are um, confronted in a very loving way. And then from a, um, I, I wasn't in one, sorry, I'm, my brain's like going like 5,000 miles a minute. Um, whenever people would come to me in a very loving way and they would confront me in what I was doing, I was, it was easier for me to listen to what they were saying. Even though the devil was convincing me that what I was doing was right and what I was doing was, um, wasn't going to hurt me, it was easier for me to be to listen to them because they weren't coming at me with harsh words. They weren't coming at me with conviction and telling me that I was going to hell for a, a through Z on what I was doing. Um, so in this, this section, um, when I was in high school, it was hard for me to read because it's, for me, it was, um, I wasn't, 
in high school, I wasn't as strong as a believer as I am now. So for me, it was, I never received any words from the Lord. I didn't know who he was. And so for me, it was like, well, who is this person who I've never seen before? Why does he get the right to tell me what to do? And then why are all of these people around me telling me what to do? I didn't know who to listen to. And so it's, Again, if you do find someone who you don't agree with and they are drowning in sin, I promise they're not going to listen to you if you yell and scream at them and throw Bible verses at, at, at them. It's, it's not going to work. It's good. Okay. My favorite verse, which plays off what she just said, is uh, 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy um, 2, 24. And the Lord's bond service must be not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And then there's the warfare part of this. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Mm. That nails it, I think. So good. Just touched on one of Pastor Peter's favorite verses there, letting God bring them to repentance. Go ahead. My name's Tim. Um, I think that Justin kind of spoke on that as well, just that um, if you challenge them rather than come at them, you know, saying they're definitely wrong, you know, just challenge them on what they're doing, um, then they can go to God with it. And if they feel convicted, change whatever behavior that that is. Um, but yeah, um, you know, doing it from, yeah, again, a, a loving perspective and just challenging whatever it is that they're doing to say, you know, this is what I believe. This is why I think that this may not be the right thing to do. Um, can get the, the wheels turning on something that they may not have even considered that was sin or whatever the case. Um, and, you know, kind of like I think it was Andrew was saying, just that, you know, you don't think about everything from like, is this what God has told me to do? It's just, you know, there are things that you do that you, you've never challenged yourself. So if somebody comes to you and challenges that, I, I think that, yeah, it can kind of make you reevaluate. That's good. So I uh, want Jordan, if you would, to put back the rules of engagement, because this isn't just for our services. If you apply this into your life, it will go incredibly well for you, I think, because it, DJ um, met with a guy last week, and, and he said behind – I say this, Bill. Um, oh, mm-hmm. He said, behind every choice of freedom or of self-restriction, right, in any given Romans 14 area, in choices that we've chosen to say no to something that others maybe feel free to do, or in areas that we feel freedom to do something that maybe some would not choose to say yes to, he said, behind every choice is a story. Behind every choice is a story. There's, there's maybe a way, to your point, even Tim, what you're saying, there's, there's maybe conversations that have happened or haven't yet, um, but just being aware of that can give us humility. So when you listen empathetically, you're listening for that story, mm. and you're not just jumping and making assumptions. Um, when you ask good questions, you may find out that um, they see things a little bit different. Here's what I'm learning through this process, because we're doing this even as a staff and growing and maturing in these things. Um, I, I'm starting to learn that, um, well, first off, I got to get more in my word and get it, get it deep down inside me. But what I might consider a sin in somebody's life, somebody else might not consider that. And I'll just give you a quick example. There are churches that absolutely teach that if you drink 
a drop of alcohol, that is a sin. That's actually not in here. It's taught that way. And for maybe that person, it is a sin. Remember what sin is, missing the mark. So maybe for that person. But the problem is when we project what God has spoke to us onto other people, we get into trouble. And so when you ask good questions, they can answer you from a biblical standpoint. Well, one, of my, one of my things that I've been doing with, with our staff is just saying, okay, hey, I, I just want to know the biblical backing to what you're saying. Give me something from the word that is helpful so that I can understand where you're coming from. Because in my mind right now, this is missing the mark. But I want to hear where you're coming from. Because, Luke, I would say this. If you are addressing something that somebody doesn't even think is a sin, they're automatically going to think you're judgmental. Right? I mean, you have to come to an agreement. Okay, yeah, this is a missing the mark issue. Before I can go, and you do that by listening, asking good questions, and then speaking for how the, the word speaks to you yourself, and then be careful not to get offended in that. But if you apply this, it becomes incredibly healthy for, for that. Hey guys, it's eleven thirty three. If you have to go, totally understand. Um, but I don't feel like we're released yet, so I'll make this quick. Uh, so when you do that, it goes. It takes something that's a uh, a point of judgment to uh, a point of love. So my, my story is I, I feel a lot of freedom in the alcohol arena. Um, my father uh, grew up with a, a very abusive alcoholic, um, his, his dad, my grandfather. Uh, my dad has never seen me drink a drop of alcohol, nor, nor will he ever in his life. And, uh, and it's my joy. It's, it's, uh, I love my father by not ordering a beer with my hamburger when I'm with him. Mm -hmm. Instead of before it was, dad, you were wrong. <laughs> like, you know, and it was this, this judgmental, like what's, what's going on? Um, so anyways, it transforms that. When you have the conversation, it goes from judgment to, can I love you in this way? Um, and I think that's, that's really important. That is so good. While we're waiting for the next, just a couple of texts that have come in uh, that I think are on this same, this same topic of, of just loving you know, in the way that we treat each other. One was talking about verse 20. It says, pointing to Jesus by not destroying what Jesus did on the cross because of selfish pettiness, right? Just choosing to, to uh, you know, not destroy. Because they use that word destroy. Do not destroy. Sometimes even in sharing truth, we can be destructive. I think Elena was, was sharing that on the receiving end, right? We've all been on that end of where something might be technically true or have elements of truth, but just how it's brought have you ever known somebody who was dead right? Yeah. Killed everybody around him. Absolutely right, but yeah. no one liked being around him. It dead makes me right. think of, uh, you know, if there was an x-ray machine or a, a CAT scan machine set to detect cancer, and we're shoving people into the room, and they're falling and being trampled, and, you know, technically, the identifying of, of what the problem was could have been a healthy thing, but the process of how to get them there could be damaging. Uh, to them. And so uh, somebody else texted in uh, the verse in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. And, and they're saying, this is perhaps the way we speak to others in love, lead directly by God's word and the Holy Spirit. The way they receive or the way it is received by the one approach may indicate where they are in their relationship and walk with the Lord. But that sweet aroma uh, of, of, of how we treat each other, even when it comes to truth and convictions. 
she gave me the mic. I'm, <laughs> I'm Keith. Um, I think uh, most of the time uh, today we've been looking at it from one side of the coin, which is, you know, don't judge other people. Don't project your values on them. Don't, don't offend another brother. But I think the thing that's the hardest for me personally is number four, don't take offense. And uh, I read a book. Um, it's written actually by the, the guy that my son works for, um, John Bevere, called um, Bait of Satan. Mm -hmm. If you've ever, um, and it talks about offense in the church. And how many people do you know that have just hopped from church to church because they get offended by somebody? You know, I'll, I'll go here until somebody offends me, now I'm going to find another place. Or they go from job to job uh, until I get offended by somebody, and now I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm leaving. And their, their whole life is, is, uh, is always being offended. And um, this is a personal story because uh, it's so hard for me. Uh, over here, when you get off at Plum Creek from I-25, it's a three-way left-hand turn. Three, three, three lanes can all turn left. And I was in the third lane and, uh, and turned, and this guy in the second lane honks at me. And, uh, and, then he, and then he derisively claps like this, you know, like, you idiot. What can, you know, making a, th a turn in that third lane, you know. And he obviously was probably new and never really looked at the sign. Well, I was so offended. I mean, it was my job to let him know he was wrong. <laughs> Just go back and look at the sign, you blankety blank, you know. So I wanted to get in the lane next to him, but I made a mistake, and I got in the left lane. He was in the right, and so Rose was between us. <laughs> So I, she says, no, no, I'm not rolling the window down. No, I'm not going to be in between you two, you know. And so I never got to correct him, you know, to let him know the truth that he didn't. And, uh, and how many times, and, and, and I, I went for two weeks thinking, man, that idiot, I needed to let him know, you know, so he doesn't do that to someone else sometime. But not, that wasn't my real motive. It was to, it was to, it was to you know, to let him know I was in the right. And how many times have you ever been in the right and been falsely accused of something? Or somebody said something to someone else that was, that was offensive to you? And when you say pointing to Jesus, you know, how many times, uh, you know, he healed a man on the Sabbath. And so they, they, they were condemning him for doing that on the Sabbath. When, he, when look at the greater good that he did. And... Um, um, that to me is the hardest thing for me, is to not take offense. You, when you know you're in the right, you know you're in the right. At least I think I know I'm in the right. And uh, that's good. And, that's and good. so, so that's it. You know, yeah, that's, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. Keith, do you have the uh, description of the vehicle? So in case any other rest of us. <laughs> see him or we can it was a green jeep but the license plate said safety three yeah the amount of relationship credit that you have with someone to confront something is a lot you need a lot of relationship cred to to cash in on something that the holy spirit's asking you to to say mm -hmm. um and i would submit that if you haven't heard the story then believe the best in that person. I, I mean, absolutely lean on the side of believing the best for them until you can actually get those relationship credits. Absolutely. And Peter and I are just sitting here like, oh, we shouldn't grab the mic anymore. <laughs> but that question, like, have you heard from God on this? Mm -hmm. Like, has God told you, you know, like it, 
instantly puts the ball in your court. And I hope people ask me that question. Have you heard from God on this? Because it makes me have to think and respond. And if I say no, then it's kind of like an instant, well, (laughs) you know, Galatians 6 and all those verses. Um, And it encourages me to get closer to God, which is why I'm here. So please ask. Well, it kind of even ties into what Luke was asking in terms of like the judgment perspective is like to go to that person and instead of just condemning them for their sins, instead say, have you heard from God? It literally opens this and like in this position where it's like you don't have to just say you you're wrong, but to say, have you heard from God on this? And if they say yes, then you have to go a different route. But it really yeah. is kind of genius. No, or, or even to God, take it, Luke, Peter, Luke, a, a step broader even in our conversation, like, man, I'd be curious for you to share with me a little bit of, of your story in this area or even conversations you've had with God, right? So that it's just very, I'm not coming like, wow, I'm so shocked that you're doing that. I want to know, have you heard from God? But, but almost like just an open-ended, man, I'd love to, you know, I, I noticed you got a new tattoo, you know, I'd love to, to know the story behind that and what, you know, um, what God's been speaking to you or, or how that's a part of your story or, you know, does that make sense? I think, yeah, sorry, I don't mean to. Just to make sure that people who have tattoos, DJ's not saying that that's a sin. That's no. not why it's. I have a huge dragon with yeah, wings all the way. You Just guys can see it later. Uh, all right. It's, it's 1140 and for our childcare. Again, we need to save them to, so they'll keep, to keep watching kids. Um, I'm just going to simply uh, finish by saying this. The importance in my mind in this is the is what was being said, and that is hearing God. Um, you know, Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews actually says that faith, and faith is in here a lot. Hebrews chapter 1 says faith is being confident of things we hope for being the assurance of things unseen, being you know, being sure of the things that we don't see. I don't know of a single one of us that can be confident and sure of something that we haven't seen unless we've heard from God. And so I think the one of the most important parts of this scripture is the sections of scripture that talks about making sure that you hear from God. And I think that probably equal of importance that I'm wrestling with from the 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 other side of things is this. I have to remember that that person is going to have to stand before the Lord. I'm not judge and jury. God is going to be. That person's going to have to answer for that. And so they may be fully convinced that something is not a sin. They're going to have to talk to Jesus about that. They're going to have to look him eye to eye and and give an account for why they didn't think that was a sin, even though that maybe this does say it or you know there's strong words on that i they're gonna have to stand before the lord and answer that question and so that is really important that we understand that hearing from god is probably the most important and most effective thing and then understand that you know what you're not the judge and jury they're gonna have to stand before the lord now does that I mean, it doesn't do away with all the scriptures and say that we're supposed to sharpen one another, that we're supposed to gently restore one another, that we are supposed to judge inside the family of God, that we're supposed to judge one another in there. There's some scriptures that we need to wrestle through as a body, and I love the fact that you guys are joining us on this, and thank you so much for doing that.
Um, and I think we're going to lean in uh, next week's house church. So again, don't come to church, but um, two weeks from now, I think we're going to lean into the hearing portion a little bit and talk about, you know, how to, how to hear from God, because if that's the crux of this, then it's probably really important that we know and and we want your feedback in regards to that. So uh, let's pray, and we'll get out. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, what you are doing inside of this church and this incredible conversation uh, that we were able to have this morning. We ask that you would continue to lead us. And Lord, I pray that conversations would move not uh, or move away from this room, that people would take this into their living rooms, that they would take it into lunch appointments and dinner appointments, and um, that you would be just stirring um, how to... Uh, just grow deeper in you by uh, by getting with other people and helping one another to grow and sharpen each other in these things. And so, Lord, I pray that it doesn't end right here. I pray that it would move forward into the rest of our week um, and that we would uh, be reminded of this section of Scripture and how we can uh, live it out in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you for speaking to us, and we love you, Lord. Um, we love you together. Um, and individually. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for the fact that you paid a heavy price for the grace that we could receive to know you and have relationship with you. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things in your name, and we pray amen.